0: Hi, it's Ethan Hayter, and you're listening to Quicklink Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Quicklink Podcast. It's show 413 for Thursday, the 17th of February. We had a two week break to recharge our batteries and deal with some personal stuff, but here we go. The racing's on, and we're up for it. We're one week out from Omloop Het Newsbad and Kerner Brussels Kerner. Our fortnightly roundtable shows will be back soon and we can welcome newcomers Peter and Matt to the team. Today we'll cast our eyes over what's been going on during our fortnight out of service and then look at today's racing where there was action in two pro series races, that's Volta Algarve and Arruta del Sol, as well as the start of Volta Valenciana women's race. Happy birthday today to Yendi Michels of Alberson Fenix and... Happy birthday, yes, must be happy on your birthday, an annual day of birth, the anniversary that is happy, how you feel, must be happy, very birthday today, last year and next year too, back to you in the studio. Happy birthday to the one and only Bernie Eisel. So, last time we spoke into a mic was on February the 3rd, as Fabio Jakobsen won in Valenciana, stage 2, Brian Cocard had won stage 2 at Etoile de Bessege and Dylan Groenewegen had won stage 3 at the Saudi Tour. In between, we've also had the Tour of Antalya, the Tour of Oman, Tour de la Provence Classica de Almera, Classica Interior, and the climax of the major cyclocross series, and that's where we'll start. Post-Worlds, the junior Dutch National Championships were held on February the 5th, 4 weeks after the elite races. To the surprise of absolutely no one, titles were won there by World Cup winners David Haverdings and Leone Bentveld, 17th win in 21 races for Haverdings, while it was a sixth win of the season for Bentveld, both bouncing back after disappointing races at Worlds in Arkansas. Over the board on the same day, Lawrence Swake, am-reversed, and Keney de Moyer won at Etius Cross in Maldegem. while everyone descended on Lille the following day for the seventh and pronouncement round of the X2O Rubber Duck Trophy. Wins for newly crowned junior world champion Zoe Backstead, for Belgian national champion Jordi Corses, for Pim Ronha in the under-23s, for series leader and European champion Lucinda Brand, and for Toon Et in what would become his final win of the season. So, massive elephant in the room time. Earlier this week, the 28-year-old Tunaertz revealed that he had been contacted by the UCI regarding an abnormal urine test result which was carried out at his home back on January 19th. The sample contained traces of letrozole metabolite, which is typically used to block oestrogen and slow the progression of breast cancer, but it can be used to prevent negative side effects from using anabolic steroids, hence why it's on the banned substances list. Ertz naturally protests his innocence and the UCI haven't yet charged or suspended the rider, the Ballerweiss Trek Lions guy and X2O Trophy Series winner, insert asterisk here, ended his season early after receiving the notification. So skipping forward to last weekend, the Super Prestige Series concluded in Havre, with wins for David Haverdings, again, Lucinda Brand and Lars van der Haar. Series win for Brand, whilst Ellie Isabit won the Men's Series after he finished second on the day. The X2O Trophy wrapped up at Brussels University on the Sunday, Havrenings added yet another win to his tally for the season. 24 races in total, 19 wins, two second places, one third and two ninths. An absolutely crazy season for the second year junior, who doesn't turn 18 until the 1st of April. Pim Ronha made it two in a row in the series, and that sealed him the under-23 crown by over seven and a half minutes. Denise Betzema won the elite women's race in a series otherwise dominated by Lucinda Brand, who was second on the day, but wins overall by 2 minutes 22 from the contaminated beef fan. And Michael Van Turenhout grabbed his third win of the season from Ellie Isabit and Jens Adams. Two elite cyclocross races remain, that's Etius Cross in Saint-Nicolas on Saturday and Price in Oostmala on Sunday. The UCI have revealed the Cyclocross World Cup calendar for the 2022-23 series, we'll tackle that on Friday's show. And so to the road, we'll start with Étoile de besseges in the Gard region of southern France. Benjamin Tamar won on stage 3, that took him into the leader's jersey from Mad Pedersen, and he defended it right through to the end of the short, sharp TT climax. Tobias Johannesson got UNO-X's first pro win of the season on stage 4, before, who else, Pippo Ganna won that final day TT. Benjamin Tamar takes the overall for Cofidis, 16 seconds ahead of Alberto Bettiol of EF. Staying in France and Nairo Quintana won the overall at the four-day Tour de la Provence. After a prologue win for Ghana, who was disqualified for an illegal bike change on the final stage, then stage wins for Elia Viviani and Brian Cocard, Quintana won the divisive third and final stage up Montagne de Lure to leapfrog Julian Alaphilippe and take the GC by 27 seconds for Arkea Samsic. Alexander Vlasov won the overall at Volta Valenciana. He moved into the race lead on stage three of the five, ahead of Remco Evenepoel, as the Belgian shipped 41 seconds up that final climb to the Russian on the summit finish at Magmo TB. And Vlasov's eventual GC cap was 32 seconds come the end of stage five, after stage wins from Matteo Moschetti and Fabio Jakobsen. More stage race action as the Saudi Tour concluded with a first pro win for Lotto Sudau neopro Maxim van Giels. He won stage four of the five-day race to take the race lead and defended it after Dylan Groenewegen's final day sprint stage win. In Turkey, Jacob Heinzgull of Uno X won the four-day race. The race lead had swapped hands twice after stage wins for Mateo Malucci of Gazprom and Dusan Rajovic of Team Korotek until Heinzgull's stage three win at the top of the Termesos climb. And with stage four coming to a sprint finish, which was won by Jakob Moretzko, it became Uno X's first professional GC stage win. The Tour of Oman was won by Jan Hurt. Four winners on the first four days, that was Fernando Gaviria, Mark Cavendish, Anton Scharmig and Fausto Maznada had seen each of them take the GC lead in turn after each of their stage wins before Hurt's win into Jabal Al-Aknadar on stage five and with Gaviria winning a bunch sprint on the sixth and final stage, the GC victory was Hurt's as Intermarché got their season underway with a double celebration as Alexander Christoph also won the one-day Classica de Almeria ahead of Nasser Buhani and Giacomo Izzolo. Talking of Gaviria, he's out of action now for a couple of weeks and will miss the UAE tour as he's tested positive for Covid for the third time as the virus continues to cause havoc. Licole Wahu Wahoo are out of Valenciana which starts today with positive tests in their camp. Vincenzo Nibali is self-isolating and Yambo Visma Bike Exchange and DSM all left the men's version of Valenciana early. Elsewhere across the calendar over the last two weeks there were Spanish one-day wins for Alessandro Covey at Vuelta Mercia and for Alexei Lutsenko at Classica Interior. and I think that's it for the result to catch up on the road. Two last quick headlines. ASO has announced the Tour de France wildcards, joining the 18 World Tour teams, as well as alpecin & and, and Arkea Samsic, are Kel Surprise, Total Energies, and b Hotels. And the UCI have announced, finally, there will be a Women's Under-23 World Championship jersey awarded from this year onwards, which is being held in uh, New South Wales in Australia, at Wollongong, I believe. But separate races won't be introduced until the World Championships go to Rwanda in 2025. So... Finally, we're up to date and to today's action then. On the menu, we had stage two of Volta Algarve and stage two of Vuelta Andalusia. A lovely stat brought to our attention this morning by Tim Hayter was that last year, both of those stages were won by his son, Ethan, back in May last year, when the races were separated by a fortnight. We'll begin, though, with the opening stage of Setmana Ciclista Valenciana, 25 women's team on the start list for the first women's stage race of 2022 after Lecole Wahu's late pullout. That start list included 13 of the World Tour teams with only SD Works absent. Four days of racing began with 114km from Tavernes de la Vadigna to Gandia with no real challenge until the final 20k, where the Cat 2 Alto barks reared up overlooking the Balearic coastline, but a downhill running from the summit and then a flat 3k to the checkered flag. Antri Cristoforo and Agnita Frank of invited domestic teams Soplia and Fato BCC, respectively, they went early on, with Franca dropping her companion on the day's first climb, but they couldn't escape a charging group led by Erika Magnaldi and Master Bastinelli, both of UAE. Magnaldi then went clear taking the prime and second climb of the day, but Alto Barks proved the decisive moment as the likes of Annemiek van Vleuten, Ellen van Dijk, Elise Shabby, Marta Cavalli and Mavi Garcia attacked on that final climb. Come the descent, six riders were in the mix for the run-in, but a chase group swelled to around two dozen strong and they made the catch inside the final 1,800 metres and the sprints opened up. Elisa Balsamo, in her first race for Trek segafredo wearing the rainbow jersey, was the most powerful and took it by two lengths. Second for Ruby Roseman Gannon of Bike Exchange in her first ever race in European soil. Amuska Costa, third for Yumbo Visma, then Alex Manny of Bike Exchange fourth, fifth for Elisa Longo Borghini of Trek, and sixth to tenth were in order Soraya Paladin, Carlin Swinkles, Sylvia Zanardi, Grace Brown, and Cecily Utrup Ludwig. Tomorrow's second stage on Friday brings us 117 kilometres of action and 2,300 metres of elevation as the race heads out from Altier on the outskirts of Calpe and straight into climbing towards the slopes of Alto de Confrides. From the summit 33 kilometres in, the race descends to the circuit around the Finnish town of Coentena where they'll tackle two rolling 40k loops. Now, let's hop over the border into Portugal and it's time for a brand new voice on the show. Here's Matt. You can find the latest member of our team on Twitter at Matt, M-A-T-T, N-H-N-H. And one day I'll ask him what that stands for. Here's our Matt.
1: Day two of the 2022 Volta, our Algarve, would take the peloton from Albu to a summit finish at Alto de a The climates have seen an abundance of times in recent years, the last six editions of the Volta in a row as a matter of fact. Ethan Hayter was the victor last time out in 2021 and will be looking for a repeat of that feat today. The stage is one that would be pivotal to the overall complexion of this race, so synonymous of the early season, with mountaineering punishment abound for its 182.4km duration. As they got underway, it became apparent that Niels Pollitt and Tim de Klerk would not start, bringing the list of casualties thus far up to eight. The break would duly form, composed of second and third tier squad members, namely Unaya Elribar of Ustichel Euskadi, Nicolas Zukowski of human Powered Health, Thomas Conte of Avaludo Luletano Lule Concello, Cesar Martingill of Radio Popular Paredes Boa Vista, and Joao Matias of Tavfer Mortadrua Ovos Martinados. The race would be marred by yet another crash just north of fifty kilometers to Joe. Ionitile in this very first race for Cofidis, and favoured for a good result at Tabalto de Foya, would have to abandon despite getting back on his feet after a nasty fall. Lars Vandenberg also abandoned, looking quite badly hurt in the collision. The break was then reeled in with 29 kilometers to go, having not posed too much of a threat to the stage victory. The big teams kept their cards close to their chests and were careful not to burn through their matches amidst the incoming one-two punch of Picota and Alto de Foya. Fresh from getting reeled in by the bunch, El would try his luck again, attacking at the base of the Picota climb. And an audacious Warren Barguil would try to bridge with Dilio Fernandez of Atum General Tavila Maria Novel Hotel upon his wheel. Fernandez would duly bomb past the other two, leaving them to be reabsorbed by the bunch. He would keep Fernandez on a tight tether for quite some time. The, Spani- the Spaniard would be used as a tool of expedients for the bunch to meter and to pace themselves. And meanwhile... Geraint Thomas proved true to his word and offered himself up in the services of his team, expending himself before the first summit of Picota. Fernandez would eventually be caught, and Ineos would dominate over the top, down the descent, and onto the foot of the finishing slope. Dylan Van Barle initiated an attack off the front that lasted a matter of seconds, Ineos goading other teams to come to the front and share the workload. Quickstep would answer the call, for vodka kicking things into a twitter gear at the front on behalf of Remco Ave, Nepal. Numbers in the peloton remained very much in the dozens though, with no attack of significance on the first half of the slope. Two kilometres to go, and still nobody willing to throw the dice, Stefan Kuhn set an infernal pace at the front on behalf of David Godoux, deferring any notion of an attack coming in from those behind with the rouge beckoning a valiant attack emanated from local rider frederico figoledo of glass drive q8 any color he opened up a decent margin but agonizingly had the entirety of it eaten up in one fell swoop via a van barrel acceleration with a few hundred meters to go the prime mountain stage of the race was instead shaping up to look much more like a bunch sprint. Samuele Battistella of Astana blinked first, putting in a major acceleration early on in proceedings as they approached the line, with Ethan Haider right on his wheel. Tobias Foss made his dash for the line, closely shadowed by Rene Higita. Sensationally, the two national champions would collide coming around the final turn. A clash of handlebars sending the pair, who looked destined to duel for victory, thumping down to the ground. David Godoux would pick up the pieces, swooping around the crash and avoiding any impediment to win with ease by multiple bite lengths. Battistella touched second and Hater rounded out the podium in what was a somewhat farcical affair. The dejected Foss and Higita Watt, beaten and bruised across the line and it was a magnificent early season win for David Gaudu in what was an unusually cagey stage which saw only minimal gaps between those at the front. Gaudu will be seeking to go from strength to strength in 2022 and is laying his stake as FDJ's foremost Grand Tour GC hope this season. In addition to his already stellar hilly classics and stage hunting abilities, top 10 of the stage then is as follows David Godu, Samueli Battistella, Ethan Hater, Brandon McNulty, Daniel Felipe Martinez, Remco Avnapol, Julian Bernard, George Zimmerman, Tony Galapan, and Sven Eric Bistrom. The time trial is looking more and more important for the overall classification. Currently, it is headed up by David Godou, just one second up on the sextet of McNulty, Ave Nepal, Hayter, Martinez, Bernard and Biström. Jakobsen, Jakobsen still heads the point standing. Godou wrestles control of the King of the Mountains contest, but the jersey will be worn by Joao Matthias tomorrow. And Remco Evenepoel leads the youth standings, a sight we've become accustomed to over these past few seasons. Tomorrow takes us from Almodavar to Faro, somewhat lumpy stage, but likely to end up in a bunch sprint of some variety. It's certainly not unfeasible to envisage Fabio Jakobsen Emerging victorious in the sprint once again.
0: And back into Spain for stage two of Ruta del Sol across Andalusia. Yesterday's opening stage was won by Arun Herrigots of Sport Vlanda and Baloas on that 7% kicker into Isnajar. 150 kilometers today from Artidona and over five categorised climbs before the final ascent to Alcalia La Real, the stage culminating with another punishing ramp, very much a feature of this race. That final kicker coming 34 k long, at 6.4% with the final kilometre over 11. There are 12 World Tour teams in Andalusia. Miguel Ángel López, the defending champion, leading Astana and wearing number one, joined on the start list by Movistar, Ineos, Bike Exchange, Bahrain, UAE, Israel, Quickstep, Lotto, Ajid Desert Intermarche and Bora, alongside the usual handful of pro team squads. Camille Malachi of Lotto Soudal was joined by four such riders in the day's early breakaway as the quintet came together after a pair of separate attacks and they were given free rein to hoover up the mountains and sprint points but as the race approached that penultimate ascent of the day at Puerto del Castillo, Intermarché had come to the fore leading the way to hunt the escapees down and they eventually one by one slipped backward into the bunch as the sprinters fell out the back of it. Wout Poules was the first to make a move, with Lopez sticking close by and comfortably able to stay in contact, and then Alessandro Covi launched in the final kilometre and passed the pair, a real lung-busting effort from the Italian, who Poels and Lopez seemed to think would fade away, but he simply never did. Lopez never got back within 30 metres of the Italian, and the 23-year-old has now won his first two professional races within five days of each other. So Alessandro Covey of UAE Team Emirates with the win and comfortably into the race lead as Herigots shipped over three minutes on that final climb. Second for Miguel Ejavindal-Lopez of Movistar at two seconds back, just ahead of a chase group that came around Wout Poels in the final few metres to see the Bahrain man miss out on a top 10. They were in order from third to 10th. Ivan Sosa, Jack Haig, Steph Kras, Carlos Rodriguez, Dries Devenins, Domenico Pozzavivo, Simon Clark, and Christian Rodriguez with obviously Wout Poels in 11th. Covey now leads GC by five seconds from Ander Ocamica of Burgos, who was third on stage one yesterday. Miguel Ángel López sits third overall at eight. Then the members of that chase group, which came third to tenth, they're all at 10 seconds. 153.2 kilometres tomorrow from Lucena, tackling three climbs in the opening third of the stage before a brief respite as they defend to Loreto at the halfway point of the stage, then climbing Alto de Cassian and racing at altitude to a finish in Otura. And that, my friends, was the day's action. Tour des alpes maritime Var begins tomorrow, three stages across the region to the east of Marseille, won last year by Gianluca Brabbia from Michael Woods and Balca the only rider from last year's podium set to start tomorrow. There's seven World Tour teams, that's Trek, Agi Desert, FDJ, Cofidis, EF, Lotto and DSM lining up alongside 11 other squads. We'll be back tomorrow on Friday night with a day's action. Until then, ride safe, take care and thanks for having us back in your ears. You've been listening to QuickLink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at QuicklinkPod, Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. Share the show and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.